Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The second to last Blue White Illustrated Penn State recruiting podcast is now live. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. The class of 2022, at least the first part of it for Penn State, is in the books. And a brand new class of 2023 commitment is in for James Franklin and his staff. Ryan, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to our listeners. It's hard to believe a year that feels like it took about six years to complete is almost in the books. But here we are on December 21st. It's almost time to turn the calendar to 2022. But we have a lot to get to first. How are you doing this week? The Outback Bowl is creeping upon us. But as we all know, there's a new commitment in for Penn State as well. Josh Miller, the class of 2023 offensive lineman who visited Penn State often, had a top five that included North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Clemson, uh, and obviously I think Clemson to most people was a close runner-up, but he picks Penn State on Monday. Felt like a decision long in the making that finally just took place. Let's start there. How's it going, and what do you make of this commitment from Josh Miller in the class of 2023, Penn State's fifth? Well, first off, Merry Christmas. Um and now you you bring something up. This is a, we have another one next week. I'm supposed to be in Harrisburg next Tuesday, so now I just that's all coming to my mind right now. Oh man, how am I going to? I'll fit be that flying in to Tuesday? Tampa next Tuesday, so there's a weird. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a very good possibility we're going to have to figure out a way to record something a little bit later this week yeah. or a little bit later next week. Yeah, I got to figure that one out. Um, we'll we'll figure that out off air. But uh, yeah, Josh Miller. Um, I, I mean, I, it wasn't a surprise that he committed. It was it was more so it just kind of popped up and I guess we should have seen it coming. I mean, so word started to leak uh, over the weekend and Josh, uh, he admitted that he committed on Saturday to, to Troutwine and, and Coach Franklin. So 
you know, again, not not a surprise that he committed. And just politely I, didn't ruin our Saturday. He waited till Monday when we were all back and ready to go. I, that, <laughs> yeah, that you, there's always signs Salute. with these guys when you know they're going to be good, and that's one of them. Maybe not being a little bit facetious there, but um, but yeah, we certainly will take it. Go ahead. Yeah, salute, Josh. Thank you for that. Uh, it was nice to have a weekend that was pretty quiet. So appreciate that, Josh. Um, but yeah, man, I just I, again, somebody I've had, you know, I've had uh, Cristobal in for them uh, for for a long, long time now. So no, no real surprise that he he committed. Um, important player for Penn State, I guess you'd say that. You know, they they definitely need to add uh, solid linemen, whether it's interior or as at tackle. And and he's long been considered one of those top, you know, three, four, five uh, guard prospects after, of course, Birchmile had already committed. So uh, important, important get for Phil Troutline. This was somebody he had at the line. I mean, he was committed. Uh, I mean, everybody was telling me that it was done. Uh, at, at the end of October, and and even Josh went on to admit that he he pretty much told Penn State it was done, and then of course he holds off. Uh, he he Josh saying it, Franklin rumors didn't impact him. I, I don't really believe it. Sorry, Josh, if you're watching this, and I just I just find it hard to believe that uh, on November second, those James Franklin rumors did not uh, impact him at least a little bit from from holding off when he did. But a uh, good pickup for Penn, Penn State man. Another Virginia pickup. They're they're on a roll uh, in, in Virginia, and uh, you know that's that's a good sign. Especially they're going to need it down there with Brent and all those guys down there. Now that'll be interesting to watch moving forward. Yeah, Brent Pry, of course, now at Virginia Tech. Tyler Bowen rumored reportedly to be joining him there at the end of the Jaguars season. I have to imagine he can't get out of Jacksonville soon enough, so I'm sure that marriage will be made uh, in due time. Another very good recruiter on Brent Pry's staff. And they have some other guys there as well. J.C. Price is a good recruiter in that area. So, yeah, Penn State and others. I was surprised they didn't keep Ryan Smith. I was, too. That was interesting to me. He, of course, is the former Penn State graduate assistant. He ends up at Northwestern. Which definitely, mm-hmm. and in the same position too, as my dog starts barking. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, that was surprising to me too, because certainly you would assume that uh, Ryan Smith was going to be in a good place to to stay there. But you know what? Sometimes these things just don't work out, Ryan. It's the way these yeah. coaching searches tend to go. Yeah, it's tough to know really what's going on behind the scenes. So I don't want to overthink it too much, but you just thought with the connection. And like, I know Ryan Smith still has a good connection with Penn State. Like, that's somebody who, um, you know, I've. I've talked to Penn State sources about before. I mean, there, there's definitely, um, you know, he's friendly with multiple people on that staff. So that just surprised me a little bit. I thought he would definitely be sticking around Virginia. But anyway, let's get back to Penn State. Well, what do you want to talk about? 2023 alignment, where we go from there? No, I want to take this conversation a couple of different okay. places first. The first one being that Penn State now has Alex Birchmeyer committed, as you mentioned, in this class. Uh, Josh Miller, of course, committed in this class. It's not crazy to think Matthias Barnwell, currently rated at by on three as a four-star tight end, could maybe grow into an offensive lineman one day. That's not an absurd thought. Either way, a lot of the conversation, and we're going to get into it a little bit when we talk about the class of 2022 later on, but... A lot of the conversation on our Lions Den message board and elsewhere has been about whether or not Penn State has recruited and picked up commitments from enough offensive linemen over the last few cycles. Where do you stand on that? You can't really discuss this without noting that Nate Bruce was a part of the class of 2021. He ended up leaving Penn State. He's now at Lackawanna uh, and trying to work his way back to college football. But they left him with just Landon Tangwall. 
along the offensive line in this last class. Certainly the numbers aren't great, but as you wrote last week, Penn State also needs to be and will be very aggressive in the transfer portal at that position, but can they do enough there to make up for what is really uh, not a whole lot of numbers at that position, especially, and we'll get into it as as we uh, get into the 2022 group, but Andre Roy D committing, can they make up with the numbers situation they have now with the transfer portal? What is there? Is there number 11, 12 scholarship? I, I, I wish I had their number in front of me there. I know well, it's, it's a little more, lower than what they it's want. It's more than at linebacker for the Outback Bowl, which I think is down to just Tyler <laughs> Tyler Elston, Charlie Catcher, and Curtis Jacobs, if I'm not mistaken. After yeah. Alice Brooks opted out Monday night, but that's here nor there. That's not the point. But, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It's in the 11 to 12 range, yes. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. But, I mean, here's here's their misses the last couple of years. I mean, these are all important misses. We'll start with Nolan Rucci, who, my God, Nolan Rucci, just that that miss looks bigger than ever before. And Wyatt Malone, of course, he, he was a big miss. Tristan Lee. Tristan Lee was someone who showed interest in Penn State early, and then kind of midway we realized, that's hey, not happening. Uh, Diego Pounds had a foot in the door. I mean, he was committed and then – you know, a late change. Do you in still North have Carolina. that that's just... story on your computer, by the way? Does that still exist? No, I <laughs> only because I only have a 250 gigabyte hard drive. <laughs> it probably would be, uh, but uh, all the videos we record and whatnot, I got to clear that bad boy out every yeah. couple months. But uh, you know, then 2020, man. You know, um, Michael Carmody, Anton Harrison, Grant Tutant. Aaron Parks, of course. I mean, Grant Tutant and Aaron Parks were both committed and then decommitted. And, you know, whether they would have been great, you know, not, it's, it's tough to really say. But um, Josh Fryer, too. Josh Fryer, I think, is a, is a pretty good prospect. But, I, I look, I, I don't I don't want to – you know, we can just sit here and name names all the time. Sure. Um, I still think last year was tough to really grade Trout Wine as a recruiter. Uh, I think I think 2023 will be a good time to do that. Um I think I think twenty twenty three will absolutely be the best opportunity to really know how Trywan is a recruiter and, and right. so far he's looked really good uh, with, with Josh Miller and of course Alex Birchmeyer. So yeah, I mean they they needed to get a tackle uh, in, in twenty twenty two and they're going to still keep pushing for one. We can talk about it down the road. I mean I don't really have any updated names at the moment. I know they're scouting guys. And they what I keep kind of hearing is just that it's it's incredibly bare bones, I guess. And then not yeah. only that, but like. The handful of guys who you know are probably legit. Everybody's just going to storm after him. So it's I'm not really. And we're talking like transfer portal with that guy at that point, correct? Well, I, I was talking 2022 or okay, I mean, 2022. They're yeah. both. They're both the same way. They're right. the exact yes. same thing. That's, I mean, that's more the, the point one guy, that, right? Yeah, the one guy with the transfer portal is definitely Hunter Norzat, I believe. Uh, we'll I hope I pronounced it right. Hunter, I apologize uh, if I butchered it, but uh, the Cornell right tackle who will probably be a guard if he were to come to Penn State, but he's incredibly important. I think he's Penn State's number one transfer target basically at any position right now. Um, and I don't know if that's completely true, but I do know that every time I ask about him, my response is this guy's incredibly important and, and, you know, we're making progress. So we'll keep an eye on him. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Cornell prospect, um, you know, I know he likes what they've done uh, with Eric Wilson. I've had a couple just, just texts with him. I haven't had in-depth talks with him, but uh, you know, they're working hard on him, working hard on mom and we'll see where it goes. Well, let's move on into what can happen in the class of 2023 as it relates to Penn State possibly making additions. We, of course, like we noted, have two offensive linemen already in this Penn State class that we've discussed, and there's more out there. You saw one recently play in the state championship in Pennsylvania. There's some other ones out there. Let's roll into that next. Who should Penn State fans be keeping an eye on now in the next cycle along the offensive line? Mm-hmm. 
Well, Javen Williams, of course, that's who you're referring to. He's incredibly important. I think he's more of a guard, though, uh, if I'm being honest. I don't, I don't, he's listed as a tackle, but just the more I talk to Penn State people, I get the impression they like him more as a guard. And of course, when you have Josh Miller, and, and don't get me wrong, they're still going to push very hard for him. Uh, but, you know, if you have Josh Miller and you have Alex Birchmeyer committed, um, you know, landing, landing Javen, which, oh, that's a hell of a pool there. But uh, landing him would, would fill out your interior excellent uh, or put it in an excellent position. It's it's that tackle spot again, man, that is going to be so crucial. And right now, I mean, it feels like to me it's all about Chase Basantis, Evan Link, Luke Montgomery, Samson Okanola. I'm sure somebody else will merge. They always do. We got a year to go. But if you're telling me there's four guys to focus on or you're asking for four guys to focus on, those are easily the four. And I just think Evan Link's incredibly important because he's the one who's been on campus multiple times. He's the one who consistently seems to be coming to Penn State and not going to other schools. That's the big difference between him and Luke Montgomery. Luke Montgomery has been here a couple of times, but he's been all over. He's been to Michigan multiple times, Notre Dame multiple times, Ohio State multiple times. You know, if I if I had to guess with Hunter or with Luke, excuse me, um, I would think Ohio State or Notre Dame. I mean, either of those two make sense there. Penn State's probably third, fourth, maybe yeah, probably fourth or fifth, if I'm being honest, because Michigan's probably in there too with him. So right. uh Chase Bassan has been terribly hard to read lately. I, I I you know, he was a guy six months ago, I was like, yeah, Penn State might get him, and now I'm just like is Penn State really in it with him? I don't even know. And then Samson Okamlola, I mean, anyone who followed his brother's recruitment, Samuel, he didn't visit anywhere. And then he just right. committed to Pitt the other week. And I, you know, and yeah, you know, I know they're at Thayer Academy. They're at, you know, they're away from their parents and, and stuff. But I'm hoping uh, Samson learns some things from his brother's recruitment because I, I think not visiting places really hurt Samuel because I know at one point Sam, Penn State really liked him. And I know I'm getting off talk a little bit, but, um, you know, I hope, I hope Samson's able to get out and visit more schools, whether it's Penn State or elsewhere, because uh, it, it just shows you, you know, if you wait and you, and you wait and you don't go, especially in the summer when you had to be aggressive and all that stuff, I, I think it really hurt his brother. But the main point here is just got to get Evan Link. I'll, I'll circle back to that. The Gonzaga prospect's incredibly important. Uh, land Javen Williams then. You'll have four solid guys. I'm sure they'll they'll try and fill in another tackle if they can uh, find quality. So I believe the last offensive lineman Penn State recruited there was Richie Pettibon. Is that right? Who ended up at From Alabama? Gonzaga? Yeah. Um, well, no, Olufashano. Oh, that's right. Yes, correct. The last one they uh, landed it was Olu. Yes, yeah, right. The last one they landed it was Olu, and the last one they did not was Pettibon. That's correct. Usually I'm the one on the opposite side of that. Like, oh, my God, how did I forget that guy? So I don't know how that popped in my head. I'm happy it did. But yeah. Well done, yes. A very talented uh, member of Penn State's class of 2020 that, to me, has every reason to see the field next year. But we're not talking football. We're talking recruiting here on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. You heard a little bit there about what Penn State is hoping to do in the class of 2023 along the offensive line now that Josh Miller is in. Let's end that conversation with this. Is this exactly how James Franklin would prefer most recruitments play out in terms of having a guy who visits a lot, be ready to commit, but maybe it was the coaching rumors. Maybe he just wanted to be sure that he wasn't going to commit too early and then be decommit down the road. But he takes his time here. He visited Penn State more than anywhere else. The on-three recruiting prediction machine was 
it far and away pointing to Penn State. Eighty nine percent longest time. Yep. Yes, and uh, quite frankly, it probably could have been ninety nine percent. But at any rate, that's mm-hmm. not how the algorithm works. But the point being that Penn State was in the driver's seat here for quite some time, and instead of rushing this, which Josh Miller certainly could have, he instead took his time, make sure he saw and heard everything he needed to. I believe a Clemson visit was the last one he made uh, prior to seeing Penn State, and then now committing. Yeah, um, I would think yeah that that that's. But look, let's see how it plays out. You know, <laughs> we got a whole year to go. I mean, sure. if he decommits and things change, then it's different. But like, as far as I'm close to a commitment, I'm right there, but I'm not a hundred percent there. Yes, yes, James absolutely would prefer that. Uh, I think a lot of coaches would. I mean, they don't want guys decommitting. They want to make right. sure you're all in. And and James talks about that all the time. You know, they'll they'll double and triple check uh, on guys to, to make sure they're What's the balance there, in. though, in terms of not upsetting a recruit and his, maybe his family when they want to commit and you say, yeah, tap the brakes a little bit, make sure you're 100% certain of this. Is there a balance there or no? I think for guys who commit incredibly early, like Jerry Cross, for example, like there was. I Is mean, they absolutely. Is Barwell an example of that? I mean, did no. he want to commit early? So there goes my there goes my point. <laughs> just <laughs> dropped the nugget on that and blew that up. Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, mean, I guess there really is. I mean, if you if you use the Matthias Barnwell example, it's hard it's hard to argue anything else. But I mean, I, I assumed that they said all the right things to Matthias, and you know, right. asked him to double check and triple check, and I'm sure he said all the right things back. And you know, at some point, you can only double down, triple down, quadruple sure. down as many times. And Until you're out of money. Right? Oh, wait, that's but, not, a, not a poker. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I will say at least with Matthias compared to Jerry, Matthias visited multiple times before committing where Jerry right. Cross committed and then didn't visit for like six more months. And then he's, Jerry Cross still only been on campus one time, you know, right. that was his official visit and that was it. So I'm just trying to cover my ass there now after you blew that up for me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's no, it's like I say with everything, it's always gray, right? There's no black and white to this. Sure. All right. Well, we're about halfway through this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. And when we talk about the class of 2023, Josh Miller is the most recent commitment, but there is somebody in this cycle who would put out a message on social media on Monday indicating his recruitment may be getting closer to being over than most people thought. Uh, Ryan, walk us through that. Got the hiccups, bud. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It was a little bit of a Sorry. bad, yeah. Sometimes when you do these transitions, you want to, you your voice wants to stop and you don't, and you keep talking, and then you get that come out. Yeah, we're having fun with this. All right, yeah, Andrew Rappelier, uh, tight end out of um, Milton Academy. He's originally from New York. I mean, Milton Academy is in Massachusetts, I believe, but uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I have a story uh, on Andrew, and and look, I mean, he's not putting out who his top schools are, but he did admit that Penn State's his top school, or one of his, excuse me, one of his top schools. Let me let me double down on that one. Uh, they're definitely going to be, you know, top five or so. I'm not sure what he's going to, how many schools he's going to announce, but here, here's the most important thing. Uh, his last two major visits were, were, aside from Michigan, who has not offered him yet. Um, excuse me, I do believe he went to a couple schools during the season, but he's visited Penn State twice. Uh, he just came to Penn State in November, was like November 23rd, I believe. Um, and then when you look at some of the other schools, like who have recently offered, like Ohio State, Wisconsin, he hasn't visited either of them. And they may, they'll probably make his top schools. I know he's spoken highly of Wisconsin. But the thing that he's telling me is that he's thinking about making a decision in January. So when you add all these things up, you know, he's been to Penn State twice. He hasn't been to some of these other top schools. I mean, unless it's going to be like Boston College, which I'd be really surprised with, I'm pretty confident it's going to be Penn State here. So I haven't put in a pick yet, um, only because I just interviewed him. And I, I still sometimes, like after I just interview a guy and I put a pick in, I just I don't think that's sometimes fair to the player. But And I do want to dig more, obviously. I don't think a commitment's coming in the next couple of days. Like he says he's going to have a, a top school here and I, or top list of schools, and I do believe that's coming. But, I mean, all signs are pointing to Penn State right here, right? I mean, right. I don't see any way that that's not. And they will take him, yes. I mean, the whole Matthias Barnwell could be a tackle thing. Um, that muddies the waters a little bit, but he's absolutely still a take. Uh, he's, you know, he told me that having those guys committed isn't an issue. He connected really well with Brent Strange and Theo and uh, Tyler Warren during a more recent visit. I mean, there's a lot of things here that add up. Ty Howe uh, has been recruiting him incredibly hard, and you know they've spoken very good about that. He's spoken very good about that relationship with Tyler. So, I mean, everything I'm adding up here screams Penn State. Uh, but I, let's see. Let me just dig a little bit more over the next week or two, and I can maybe give you a better answer. Penn State has two tight ends currently committed in Joey Schlaffer and uh, Matthias Barnwell. Matthias. But again, uh, you know, Barnwell could be an offensive lineman at the next level. He could be a defensive lineman at the next level. We don't know yet. He could be just about anything at this point. Defensive lineman is one thing that somebody, Coastal Penn State, has been bringing up to me more and more. And I, I don't think the whole staff is in on that but i think there are some people in lash who are thinking about that more i think the whole thing though is just matthias really wants to play offense i think that's yeah. kind of uh, what i've gathered is they don't they don't want to push that too hard because matthias seems to really be interested in tight end and you know even more so tackle than defensive tackle but we'll see which is a tremendous transition to our class of 2022 recap penn state signing a number of players during the early signing period. One guy they did not sign. We'll get to him in a second, but I want to start with Christian Driver and Mackay Flowers, two guys who mm -hmm. maybe at one point in the process, like Matthias Barnwell, really seemed adamant about playing offense at the next level. James Franklin telling mm -hmm. us last week that both of them are going to start their career on defense, uh, and I think that numbers at safety probably play a role in that, but I think also just the way those two play probably plays a big role in that too. I think Penn State won Christian Driver to be a safety for a long time. And and they got too involved in that recruitment and liked him too much an athlete uh, as, a, as an athlete. And also, they, let's, not, let's not overlook how close James Franklin appears to be with Donald Driver. And I'm not saying that's why Penn State took him. But, right. I mean, there is a very good relationship. I mean, they are very friendly. Yeah. Donald Driver spoke to the team before the uh, Cotton Bowl a couple years ago. I mean, there is there, – they're – they're friends. And um, so I think, you know, they weren't going to push too back, uh, too hard on that if, if Christian really wanted to be a wide receiver. And look, he's a solid wide receiver. I just don't know if he's 
uh, fast enough to keep up with some of the other wide receivers Penn State has brought in. And you can get away with not being a burner at safety if you play smart, you play the run well, you have good pursuit routes, you tackle well, all those other little things, which he apparently, you know, from what we see from the outside looking in, he does. Uh, So, yeah, but the the news of Christian Driver being a safety was – uh, something that perked my ears up because for the longest time, Christian was all about wide receiver and that's what we were writing about. And we always kept saying, we expect him to start his career here, but could see it finishing over here. And uh, you know, for, for the, the staff to admit then that Christian's going to start as a safety. I thought that was one of the biggest takeaways. Makai, of course, I kind of well, already was getting more and more of a drift that he was going to be a safety. Um, you know, he, the talk for him wide receiver was way back in the spring and then that died out pretty quickly. And if you just watch Makai, man, he is absolutely a safety. I mean, he he lays the wood. He, he's pretty smart. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that scream that he, he'd be a really good safety prospect. I mean, the, the guy can play the run really well. That's the three or four times I watched Makai Flowers, I really took away of like, yo, this guy's Comus, like could be a linebacker if he had a couple more inches. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the numbers play a role there, too. I mean, Penn State is not extremely deep at that position from a class scholarship distribution standpoint. And you're assuming, we don't know, as we talk about this here on Tuesday, December 21st, we don't know that Jair Brown will be coming back to Penn State for the 2021 season, but we like he's given off some pretty strong hints that he will, and that's going to help Penn mm-hmm. State a lot. But Keaton Ellis is getting – They need him to be back. Career. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. They need yeah. him back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. I mean, Keaton Ellis is getting deeper in his career. Enzo Jennings and Tyler Rudolph, two former four-star recruits who have not played much at Penn State or in the transfer portal. The future looks bright with Jalen Reed, with Saki Wheatley, and some other guys. But, yeah, numbers there are important. So to get those two guys on that side of the ball, I think it's a big win for Penn State. It wasn't a big win with Andre Roy, though. He flips to Maryland on signing day. You have been tracking this inside the Lions Den Forum, which, of course, you can find at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Just $1 if you're looking for a late holiday gift. Let your friends, family know about it. Sign them up for Blue, White, Illustrated, and on three. $1 for 365 days of access to our insider articles and more. You've been tracking this inside the Lions Den Forum, Ryan, that Andre Roy, things were starting to get a little bit dicey with him leading up to signing day. And then pretty early on Wednesday morning, his national letter of intent shows up at Maryland. They announced him as a signee, and that was that. Yeah. I was tracking it really well, huh? I thought it would be USC. So I did a great job. <laughs> I didn't, no one knew what was going on with Andre Roy. I mean, God, how many times have we talked about this? I mean, it was just like Jayshon Barham, you know, yep. just like Derek Moore. I mean, the St. Francis guys are so hard to, to really get a good grasp on. I mean, I'm trying to build relationship with St. Francis guys like now they're 2024, just like getting a foot in the door. That's like a learning experience for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's look, when you look at what happened with Jay Sean Barham and you look at what happened with Andre Roy, it's pretty hard to not think that that was set up. And I, I, I hate saying that. I don't know whether that's Loxley setting that up or if that's the St. Francis kids setting that up, but yeah. Hey, I don't think it's a good look, uh, personally. I mean, I like I like Masai. I like a lot of the people at St. Francis. They've always been really good to me. But um, I don't know. Maybe it was Loxley. I mean, I've had a couple people mention that they think that was Loxley pulled the strings on that one. I have no idea. I really don't. But it's hard for me and to think that Jason Barham and Andre Roy right. were not connected. Yeah, ultimately it doesn't matter, but it does go to show that recruiting and signing day and everything else can still be crazy, even in 2021. Love it. Travis Hunter, you know, how awesome was that? So, <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of wild Travis, stuff. 
Yeah, Travis Hunter flipping the number one uh, player in the country, according to the on three consensus rankings, flipping from Florida State to Jackson State on National Letter of Intent Day, the early signing period. Yeah, there can still be surprises, Ryan. We've come a long way since the days of fax machines and everything else, but there are still surprises every single year. And for Penn State, it was Andre Roy. For Florida State, it was Travis Hunter. Did that million-dollar deal with Barstool actually work out? I don't even know. Like, is that uh, oh, did true? You, well, according you to Deion, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. If it is, uh, Deion Sanders did a tremendous job of playing that off and saying that, you know, he how could he coach someone making a million dollars and his son's not even yeah. worth a million dollars and blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if that actually ended up coming to fruition or not. But, I mean, look, it's a valid point. Whether that happened or not because of NIL, it is going to happen at some point in a more, I would say, open way. Whereas wow. this was all speculation with Travis Hunter. I think at some point, maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's five years from now, I don't know. At some point, some recruit or some coach is going to make a mention of this NIL stuff on signing day, and it's going to make news, and it's an area Penn State has to improve. I don't think there's any mm -hmm. argument to be made there. Now, James Franklin made that very clear on signing day. You know, he was asked about it multiple times, and uh, he, he made it clear, Andy Frank made it clear. I mean, just about everybody who was asked about it made it clear that uh, – you know, there are a lot of ways they need they need you guys. They need the fans to pretty much step up and learn. I mean, I, I think the quote with Fandy Frank was pretty much, hey, there's been, you know, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but it was basically, uh, you know, for the longest time, fans have wanted to help us recruit. And now's your chance to really help us recruit. Right. The thing that fans, so many fans don't want to hear is you got to recruit because you got to hand out your own money. That's pretty much right. how it works by, by advertising <laughs> and stuff like that. So, of course, 95% yep. of the people on Twitter, are, you know, they check out on that. But, hey, speaking of Andy Frank, though, I do want to get into a couple quick things here before we end this set. Yep. Uh, we get to speak with Andy Frank at the end of uh, the sign of signing day every year. And, and it's, I think always it's always one of one the one more th enlightening things yes. of signing day. No question. Uh, this yeah. is a guy that before you get into it for Penn State fans who may not know, director of player personnel at Penn State, Princeton grad, longtime confidant of James Franklin, longtime builder of James Franklin recruiting classes. He plays an integral role in what you see on the first Wednesday of December or previously the first Wednesday of February every single year. Go ahead. He He's the guy who does all the – when there's 150 guys at the whiteout game – He's the one making sure it all goes smooth. And it's a really hard thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a the whole recruiting staff and whatnot, but he's just the one at the top of the ladder that, you know, has to has to check every every box off. And, um, you know, it's an incredibly hard task to do, and, you know, from everything from official visits to all these other different things. Uh, he, he's, he's the one who really kind of sees the, the things behind the scenes. But uh, just he had three – I wrote a story on this the other day. He had three things that really kind of grabbed my attention. The first was just that – uh, Penn State really believes that the transfer portal is going to become a major form of recruiting uh, when it, in regards to both the offensive line and the defensive line uh, moving forward. And that's not really a surprise. I mean, he flat out said, look, um, if you're trying to fill holes, it's a lot easier to do that with an experienced player, regardless of really the level in college football, uh, than filling it with a, with a high school player, which makes complete sense, right? So uh, I just think that that's – I mean, he flat out said that, like, we're going to be going for offensive linemen and defensive linemen almost every year when, when you know, the, the situation presents itself. So I thought that was interesting, especially because of how much talk offensive line recruiting has gotten recently. Uh, another thing was just talking about staff sizes and growing. You know, mm -hmm. I've been doing some research on this, uh, and we're talking about recruiting staff sizes. So we're not talking about offensive analysts or defensive analysts, yeah. just recruiting staff. Penn State has eight members of their recruiting staff. 
and I started, I spent probably almost too much time trying to figure this out. Uh, but like the main, a lot of the main schools out there, they're, they have anywhere between 12 and 15. And I, when I say main schools, I'm talking about like the Georgia Clemson, Alabama's LSU's, you know, the, the schools that Penn state's trying to recruit against those, those sec powers with, with more money, quite frankly. Right. Uh, and, and I just think it's interesting, you know, Andy didn't say anything that was out of the, out of the box or anything. I mean, he, he made it clear that they want to continue growing. They have to continue growing. Um, and they have but, grown but just to kinda, some extent. Yeah. And, and they have. That's important to mention too. Yeah. Right. They have. Uh, but they need to keep growing. And like, I mean, obviously Franklin just did this contract extension. There's right. believed to be money in there for, for personnel. And I guess what I'll be curious to see is just, is Penn State able to add two more recruiting staff members over the next year? Because I, I really get the sense from talking to people that like they, they want to get up closer to 10. I mean, 12, 12 would be lovely. I don't think that's realistic, but they definitely want to grow their recruiting staff. And Andy, you know, hinted at that, didn't like say anything uh, confrontational or anything like that. But he, I mean, he made it clear that like that's something they need to keep growing. And then just one other thing I really want to hit on, which is extending those on-campus private workouts. Anyone who followed recruiting this year, especially in the summer, knows that 2022 players were able to work out uh, with coaches one-on-one for the first time ever. And, you know, normally it always had to be in a camp setting and player has to pay for it. It's a set day. And, and now, you know, players are able to come up on any given day that worked for them, have an hour-long private workout with one or two coaches on the staff. It was able to be recorded then so recruiting staff could review it later or whatever. But right, uh, just Andy has been very outspoken that he wants this to continue. Uh, and he's not the only one. I mean, I know if you just kind of pull this up you, and you can look for other people across college football, they have been really pounding the table uh, for this to continue. And I wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA does. Just from talking to people behind the scenes, I, I do believe that this is something that um, will probably get continued. It needs to be right. continued because it benefits Absolutely. the player. It benefits the coach. There's no reason to not continue this. Uh, it makes it more hectic for me. I got to try and figure out who's you know, doing individual workouts uh, every June. But um, there seems to be a lot of momentum behind continuing that. And I think it's a good thing because if not, as Penn State, as James Franklin said uh, this week, or excuse me, I think Andy said it in his press conference, uh, Omari Evans and Tyler Johnson would not be part of this class if that rule did not exist this year. Yeah, and it's a it's a good one. I mean, again, part of what COVID took from us, there's also some things to take from it, and things like this mm-hmm. are one of them. There's no question. And look, I don't think any of us want to relive what we have over the last two years to a large extent, but there are some things from the electronic side of things, from this visit flexibility side of things, that college football should be adopting without question. And we heard James Franklin say he's going on to the board of the American Football Coaches Association. That is run by Todd Berry. It has a very big influence on kind of how things work. It's not the end-all, be-all by any stretch of the imagination, but he is now going to be in position to have a say on the board of this organization. Now, look, it's it's a coaching majority, right? I mean, he can't make mm-hmm. anything unilateral, but he's in a powerful position to make his voice heard about some of these things. And quite frankly, a lot of them are things that should have already been in place in the first place. But we needed COVID to get those, and they should absolutely keep them moving forward. Well, one th- I mean, Manny Diaz said that, like, He's really respected James from, the, and of course, I mean, it's his introductory press conference. He's right. going to say good things about his new sure. coach. But like, I mean, he brought this up kind of on his own the other day about how like 
he only knew James from afar, but going to these conferences and hearing James's opinion, you know, he, he grew to really kind of respect James and, you know, said that he stands for a lot that's right in college football. Again, he's now his boss, so I expect him to say good things. But I just thought that was interesting because I don't really think he was kind of – he was prompted to ask why, you know, how he knew James and he, he got into the AFCA and those meetings and just kind of um, getting to know him from a distance. And so All forth, right. So. Ryan, any final thoughts here as we wind down this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast? The holidays are almost here. We hope our Blue White Illustrated listeners, readers, and everybody else enjoys them and hope you have good times with your families or however you end up spending them. Ryan, like I said, it's almost the end of 2021, buddy. We got the Outback Bowl to go and uh, one more podcast, and that's about all that's on our agenda. What's on your mind here as we close things out? I'm set for San Antonio. I booked my flight for that. That'll be fun going down to see the uh, All-American Bowl with Drew Aller and Nick Singleton and uh, Denai Dennis Sutton, Keon Wiley. They're all set to go there. So we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But uh, other than that, man, just hope everybody has a good Christmas. Uh, it's been a fun year. Dude, I can't believe we've been doing this for like, what, six months now? Six Feels months like, now. I don't know, five, yep. six months. That was wild. That was fast. We appreciate everybody for subscribing. Really appreciate those who subscribe to the website for a dollar. Um, you know, please, uh, it's it's it, the, the dollar's generally going to run out here soon. Like we've been, they've been extending it for us for the longest time because it's been successful, but it is generally going to end soon. So if you want to get on it now, I mean, you'll have it all throughout next year's signing day. I mean, it, it generally would be a good time if you're ever going to jump on it. But hey, just appreciate you guys subscribing, man. You guys have been awesome to us, and just thank you for that bluewhiteillustrated.com on 3.com we are going to wrap things up here on this edition of the blue white illustrated penn state recruiting podcast we don't know when we will come to you next but we will do so before the end of 2021 so check us out wherever you get your audio apple spotify google anywhere else you find podcasts you'll find us you can also get us on youtube all of t frank's daily videos youtube.com slash blue white illustrated he's ryan snyder i'm greg pickle we will talk to you next time on the blue white illustrated penn state recruiting podcast Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 